let's listen to the story of Frankie Lyman. This is from 1956. Listen to his bubbling enthusiasm. He's taken over the world with a number one hit, Why Do Fools Call Him Fall in Love, which he co-wrote with Herman Santiago. But let's go through one through six, their first TV appearance, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. But now we come to a mood that is the product of our present generation. The bubbling enthusiasm of our teenagers was the inspiration for what is now the most popular style of music in the country, the rock and roll. A few short weeks ago, five teenage boys went into a recording studio and they said they had a song they wanted to sing. Well, it took a little time, three weeks to be exact, but they were heard and their song was recorded. It is now the number one record in America. Well. The song is, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? They call themselves the teenagers. You guys are the teenagers. That's right, Mr. Lane. Come on, boys. Let's sing our song, then. That's a lot of you? Yes, sir. Can we sing now? What's your name? I have to make my money before my voice changes. <laughs> news for you, Dad. It ain't going to go much lower. You're in a barrel now. Frankie, you amaze me. Tell me something. You're only 13 years old, and yet you wrote this big hit. How did it ever happen? Well, Mr. Lane, one day I was dressing, and inspiration came to me, so I wrote the song. Oh. Well, what was the inspiration? I needed a new suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty good reason. But I can't understand how you could write Why Do Fools Fall in Love. What does a 13-year-old boy know about love? Well, Mr. Lane... I've been falling in love since I was only five. Five? <laughs> but I've been a fool about it since I was 11. Well, don't complain, lad. You've only had two rough years. I think we've had enough of this little chit-chat. This is your first nationwide television appearance, isn't it? 1956. And I know that everybody's waiting to hear you sing, so are you ready to rock and roll it? That's right. That means I ought to get lost, huh? About it. He is so dynamic. He had the world, the world in the palm of his hand. Rebecca, let's go to sound bites two through four from Frankie Lyman, the teenagers. This is with Alan Freed. Um, but here also you're going to hear from Richard Barrett, the record producer, about how impressed he was meeting Frankie Lyman, but also how they took advantage of him. Two through four. See him so tiny on a stage, bursting with so much talent, with something that was really spectacular. He was just a natural-born talent. He was a, he was born for the stage, and it only lasted a short time, which is 
which will, I guess it will plague me the rest of my life. We all grew up in New York City in the early 50s. We all hung out together. We went to school together. We sang together. At that time, singing on the street corners was the thing to do. It was a way to get noticed. And one day we did. There would be a time in his later years when he would have been able to understand what he was doing and what his worth was. But nobody was going to stop and tell him then. They were too busy taking his money from him. Mm. Who's going to tell you what you're worth if they're putting it in, your pocket, in their own pockets? You follow me? This is the story of Frankie and the group. That's record producer Richard Barrett talking about he's a teenager. He's a 13-year-old. He's getting taken advantage of. This is the problem. You cannot treat the skeleton that's still growing the same way. You need guidance. You need someone smart to know what to do and respect the growth plates. Um, it's, it's just different. 